So it's past midnight. I'm standing on the shore of the Rio Grande. The water is right behind me. I'm down the Texas border, along with 18 senators. We made the trip to see the crisis that is playing out. We've already gone to detention facilities that are overrun. Many of them with families, small children. We saw multiple mothers who were nursing infant babies who had just crossed over and were being housed in outdoor holding pens where they were sleeping on the floor and nursing their babies. We're at the edge of the river. On the other side of the river is Mexico. The other side of the river we have been listening to and seeing cartel members, human traffickers, right on the other side of the river, waving flashlights, yelling and taunting Americans, taunting the Border Patrol. Because they know that under the current policy of the Biden administration, they can flood over here. They're getting paid four or five thousand dollars a person to smuggle them into this country. And our policies, when they smuggle them in, the Biden administration releases them. And more and more and more. Last month, 100,000 people came across the border illegally. We've got 15,000 kids in federal government custody. This is a humanitarian crisis. It's a public health crisis. The illegal immigrants who are being released, they're testing positive for COVID-19 at a seven times higher rate than the American population. And it's a national security crisis. And it's time for the Biden administration to put an end to it and stop sanctioning lawless chaos on our southern border. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard the man. We have a border crisis now playing in the United States of America. Welcome to the Friday edition of the C Report. I am your host, Mr. C, and I hope you guys are ready for a rip-roaring show today because we have quite the topic to, uh, to kind of head up for you guys. Um, so we have been kind of uh, talking about the border crisis a lot at the Sea Report. I know especially since we've done a lot of the headlines at the initiation of this uh, show and program, um, that is, seems to be what has been uh, a growing concern, especially in the media, since Biden came into this administration. In fact, it seems to be like the border crisis may in fact be illegitimate Joe, president-select Joe Biden's crowning jewel, uh, because not only under his administration with the policies that even though he might not be saying, come on over, cross the border people, and, and even though he might be saying, well, maybe you shouldn't come right now, uh, regardless of the fact the theos, the theas, the mamas, the papas, the abuelitas of the world are telling their family, Presidente Biden says you can come because of all of the policies that they have taken away that the former administration put into place that, in fact, protected our border. So on today's Sea Report, we are going to take a look at um, a condensed look. I think it's a little bit crystallized. Today's report is a little bit ambitious, um, but I'm going to go ahead and see if we can get through it. Um, because at the end of this, and what amongst um, the concerns that a lot of us have uh, with this border crisis is the crisis 
crisis of immigrant children, migrant children, children, period, of whatever race, color, creed, or why even they are coming here. Does it, These kids are coming across the borders in droves, and we really need to look at what, um, what that role might happen to play, because one of the biggest things, again, and I will be going back to this in reference to um, what has been used to demonize the Patriot Movement. We talked about it in an episode just prior to that this week they were using uh they are using the claims of uh of satanists who drink uh children's blood against patriots who are waking up to some things and you know there's a lot of stuff that goes into that and we're not touching into that today we're not <laughs> we're not going to touch that with the five foot full today but what we are going to do is take a look and examine this child trafficking sex trafficking human trafficking phenomenon that was another highlight that came to the surface with the awakening of those in the q movement and the patriot movement and and indeed just human human uh human crimes issues in general like this all surfaced and a lot of it stemmed from a lot of the research that people were doing around that time so i want to present with you guys some of the uh articles facts statistics that go along with this human trafficking crisis that is working in tandem with this border crisis where we see thousands and thousands and thousands of unaccompanied minors coming into the border. They are being housed in Texas. We are paying for their hotels. They are being kept in unsafe, unsanitary uh, areas. And we have video and we're not just going to, and we we have pictures and we're not going to show you kids in cages today, America. We are not going to show you kids in cages today. We are going to show you kids laying in the dirt. We're going to show you kids laying on top of each other or like next to each other, like little sausage wraps underneath aluminum blankets behind plexiglass walls. This is not cages and kids, America. This is not Biden. I mean, this is not Trump and this is not Obama. Because don't forget, you guys were so up in arms over the cages that Obama built for Trump. Huh? Right? Well, I mean, he shut down, President Trump shut down most of those facilities that were housing migrant children during his term. And guess what? One of them just opened today in Carrizo Springs, Texas. So this is one that has been reopened. I'm expecting the one in Florida to reopen too sometime soon. And we'll touch on that a little bit towards the end of this report because, um, <clears throat> There's a lot of things that we have to consider. A lot of these narratives got swept under the rug with Corona and with the 2020 presidential coup that happened in November. So one of the biggest things, one of the main factors that people had forgotten about was the child sex trafficking busts that were happening and also also the whole Epstein issue, which really kind of uh, put a seal of reality, I think, on all the lemmings of the world after they realized that this stuff really does happen. And then we also had the example of the Nexium sex cult, which involved actors and actresses in Hollywood, mind you. If you're a Smallville fan and you like those people, well, guess what? These people were involved in a sex cult a sex uh, sex cult and the they al- they have already pled guilty and been convicted the leader 120 years life for uh selling uh underage children and also committing acts of against crimes against humanity branding them forcing them into sexual slavery forcing them to do sexual things for them this stuff is real and we need this to resurface because there's a lot of issues that um I mean, that you, if you, 
Okay, I don't, I don't want to go into that yet, but let's just say a lot of this stuff and a lot of the stuff that we will be looking at today, today does have some tie-in to our government, and we're going to examine some of the characters that you can go ahead and start to put some of these things together. Some of the names you're going to recognize, uh, some of the names you'll be like, yeah, we knew that. We knew that the Clinton Global Foundation may have had some dealings with, uh, you know, child, child trafficking in Haiti. We know, we know what happened with uh, the woman who was caught and how uh, the Clintons somehow managed to get her off the hook, and then she went to go work for the child uh, for the uh for the uh, emergency secu- alert service for um for uh amber alerts mm, coincidence huh uh so anyways let's go ahead and start uh I, I played that um that clip of Cruz uh who went down to the border now he was putting out a lot of of footage and content of his visit to the border he's been down there I think at least twice um, and in this visit, he was actually down at the swamp. Now, there is also video that will not be featured here today um, of um, migrants being rafted across. Uh, these are by the coyotes. And as you as you heard, Cruz saying himself that the coyotes, they don't care. They're they're they're, they're taunting them. I mean, even um, the uh, congressional delegation that went down. Um, what was it? Who's that one representative from up the northeast that I don't like? Susan Collins. Susan Collins, the, the backstabber, the black hat rhino, Susan Collins. I'm pretty sure she's a war hawk also. Well, Susan Collins was getting taunted, and I, I guess maybe she felt scared. You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know Susan Collins to speak of, but I know she's not a good per, a good person to depend on. No, she's a, she's a rhino, Susan Collins. But anyways, okay. So um, something else that I wanted to play for you guys before we really start to get into the meat of some of this report, um, because we're talking about the immigration issue. We're talking about the border crisis. We're talking about the humanitarian crisis, um, the human sex trafficking, the crimes against humanity. God, I have some stuff for you today, guys. And uh, the first thing I want to do, though, is because all of this circled around the wall, right? Because you remember, there was so much opposition to the wall, and this is what we really needed. We needed the wall. Like, we needed it because so much trafficking and and that's just and I'm just talking about the trafficking guys we're not talking about the people who may be from other countries who might be foreign uh, enemies coming using the southern border to get in we're not talking about the drugs moving it we're not talking about the control of the cartels and all that stuff going in and between the southern but but all anyone wants to think about is that we need no fences so that everyone in the world can migrate here because it's their right and they're not even considering any of the ramifications we're not even talking about the politics of it we're not even going to talk about the economics of it. I actually wanted to do a section in today's report that talked about the costs of what this is going to be putting towards Americans, people who um, are citizens. And I, there's not going to be any time for it. There will be no time because this is going to be crazy. So the first thing that I wanted to do was share with you guys some of... Um, Donald, President Trump's opponent's perspective on his wall. Let's see how they were drumming it up to America before it was built. So we're going to take a little trip down memory lane and we're going to watch a video, God willing, um, about this. So let me see if I can find it real quick. I might not have it on this bar here. 
<laughs> let me show you some pictures real quick because these will be I'll probably be flashing these throughout the uh, throughout the report. But like, take a look at this. Oh, oh my goodness, Greg Abbott, uh, Governor Abbott, I owe you an apology. Uh, yesterday, I misread an article and I kind of got um, a little um, angry at Mr. Governor Abbott. So I just wanted to apologize. And this man is working hard. Okay, so that's why his picture is there in case you're wondering. All right, so take a look at this photo real quick. Um, in this photo, this is this is what we're looking at with the wall right now. Now, in the video, I want to show you guys um, the people who were basically, you know, uh, anti-wall. <laughs> they were calling it a fence. And there it is right there. So let me get that. Let me get this picture back up real quick. Look at look at that picture, guys. Do you see the people? Like this is what this is what they're facing. They have what a good sixteen feet of a, a slatted wall, a iron wall that they have to crawl up, and then they have what like a good six feet, six to six feet at least of like flat wall, and then of course this is going to be in the uh, the harsh harsh Texas or or New Mexico or Arizona or California heat in the middle of the day. Uh, so that's going to burn. Okay. And then not to mention that underneath in the ground, there's going to be concrete foundations that go down. I don't know how long, how far deep it goes down. I think it's like at least six to 10 feet. So, because, um, as you'll see in the report, I'm going to show you about this fence that president Trump built, you know, because we haven't seen it really guys like this whole four years and it's almost done and we haven't seen it. Well, we're looking at pictures now. Do you think that this would be something for, do you think this would be something easy for them to climb over, uh, like burrow a hole into a uh, cut a hole into or d dig under? Um, we're going to show you some video of what these people have been doing to get over the wall and it's not pretty guys. Um, so this was an obstruction. Now, CNN, of course, reports this is a fence and this is what they were doing to discourage the people from supporting Donald Trump when he was trying to get this thing built. And then we know that he went through a lot of other issues involving that. But um, yeah, that's just a little visual aid there, guys, of what they're looking at. This is not a fence. This is not a fence. I think at the lowest point uh, along the wall, 16 feet might be the lowest or that the the tallest, the 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 lowest height that the wall is, is for, uh, about 16 feet in some areas. And those are the areas where you see coyotes dropping people over. Um, and we have video of that as well. So let's go ahead and pray to the gods of America that this video will play. Because I think you guys should see it for some perspective. It is 18 feet tall, made of steel with a cement base. I just need you to hang in there, gods of America. <laughs> okay, let me just uh, give me a sec real quick. Give me a sec. It might be wanting to back back up and play a uh, commercial because it's been paused for quite some time. I bet you that's what she's doing. Okay, so let me go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and reboot this page real quick and I'm going to yap at you for a minute while I do that. And because uh, it's going to play, it's going to play like a slow five minute commercial because this is a this is obviously a report from CNN that comes like from like 2017, it says. So, OK, we'll let her do her thing. I appreciate your patience. I have permission to run over on the show today and we will be running probably at least two hours. So hang in there with me, guys. OK, 
Um, all right, I'm going to mute her because she's going to play a commercial and then hopefully she'll get to playing. Uh, it's a very, very interesting story. Um, okay, so... I, you know, I really can't tell if she's playing or not. <laughs> Deal with a cement base. Call it what you want, but the government planners, security experts, and homeland security officials who will be... Come on, baby. ...be in charge of building it call this a fence. This is the most recently built barrier between the United States and Mexico near Brownsville, Texas. And CNN has been told by multiple sources within the agencies involved in building, paying for, and enforcing this barrier that this is what President Trump's wall may look like. U.S. Customs and Border Patrol is planning to present the plan for border security to its bosses possibly this week, and CNN has learned new details. First, they say the wall should not be a wall. It should be a fence, and that could become a sticky situation for a president who insists otherwise on the fence it's not a fence it's a wall you just misreported it we're going to build a wall sources tell cnn the biggest job in moving forward is convincing the president that the fence is more secure and it will be up to homeland security secretary john kelly sources say who must find a way to allow the white house to spin the promise of a wall into a fence Secretary Kelly seems to have already begun in testimony to Congress, repeatedly referring to the border fortification as a barrier. Yes, there are many, many places that we need some type of physical barrier right now, backed up by uh, men and women of, of border protection. Why would President Trump agree to a fence instead of a beautiful wall, as he says? Security and common sense. U.S. Customs and Border Patrol officials on the ground and in charge of actually securing the border tell CNN offense actually offers more security than a solid wall. One source telling CNN, you never want to have a barrier in place that will obstruct your vision. That prevents you from seeing the other side of the border. Another saying, I'm not calling it a wall because we are talking about a fence that we can look through. That's what we need. It's more secure for border agents, it eliminates many environmental factors like drainage, and its costs will be significantly lower. If the current plan is approved, it will look like this bollard-style fencing with steel slats secured six feet below ground and standing 18 feet above, the slats reinforced with rebar and cement. Another part of the proposal, according to sources, it will not go coast to coast. This is the current fence from the Pacific Ocean to the Gulf of Mexico with large gaps in between for a total of 654 miles. The latest plans involve adding 177 new miles of fencing and replacing 272 miles of already built fence, according to one high-level source with knowledge of the project. That means the total barrier between the United States and Mexico would cover 831 total miles of a nearly 2,000-mile border. Still, not even half, according to these sources. As for the cost, if President Trump accepts this recommendation, it will be about $5 billion, according to sources. Should President Trump insist on complete coverage included in a Department of Homeland Security draft report seen by CNN is a proposed three-phase 
plan to do it all the way across an additional 1,080 miles of fencing at a cost of roughly $21 billion. But leading experts say constructing it across rough terrain is not only unrealistic, but according to one source, pure fantasy. And add to this, Jake, a government accounting office report released just this afternoon basically saying that the Customs and Border Patrol really doesn't have a good handle on how effective fencing really is. The report says the CBP has yet developed any method of assessing the value of fencing or how well it integrates into the overall border security system. One thing is clear in the report, the old fencing, which is called legacy fencing, appears to be very easily defeated. In fact, the GAO says in a five-year period from 2010, 10 to 2015, legacy fencing, Jake, was breached, either cut open, driven over, or tunneled under more than 9,000 times. Jake? Wow. Drew Griffin, thank <laughs> Did you guys catch that? Did y'all catch that? So, so much. The... <sighs> Shut up, guys. I don't like CNN. Uh, so these guys, um, their report shows that the legacy fencing that was there prior to the wall, prior to what we have now... 90,000 times burrowed under, torn into, all that stuff. Isn't that crazy? Um, that is that is a um, very efficient and dependable border wall, if you ask what I'm talking, if you ask me. So now then you see them talking about how it was a fence and not a wall, and they're trying to get technical just because you can see through the darn thing, right? Well, that was then, and now we have what we have now. We have a border wall during the Trump administration, um, under which the Trump administration's number one goal, I think, besides making America great again, um, was to end end the evil, tyrann tyrannical crime of human trafficking, um, which is still very much so a real problem today, regardless of what anyone says. The statistics are there. Everything is there. Um, so uh, that is just something to think about. And I want to thank Micah, one of our viewers, for joining us today. Thanks for coming into the C Report. I see you there talking about Isaac Cappy, Mr. Micah, but I'm sorry, we are not going there today. Um, Sit tight, though, because this is a human trafficking episode and we will have more information on the ties between that and the southern border as we move forward. Okay, cool. So because you have to wonder, why is it now, I mean, that this type of crisis is going on? Like, you have literally thousands and thousands and thousands of unaccompanied minors coming in. And guess what? There will be more. There will be more people coming in. The it's a picture of our border wall right there. Let me see if I got here's some asylum seekers coming through um, into America. But I want to put this one back up. Okay, I like this one because I think this one clearly illustrates to my viewers what this wall really looks like. The the size of it, you know, um, it's not a fence. You can clearly see this is not a fence. But like I said. The um, the problems of uh, illegal immigration and anything that comes along with that, along with along with um, uh, the human trafficking element, because, again, we're not talking about the drugs. We're not specifically talking about the cartels, although I would believe obviously a lot of them have to do with this trafficking issue. A lot of them have hands in it. Um, I'm really interested to see if there are any politicians who might have some hands in that too. And we will 
most definitely be looking at that in a little bit. Um, okay, so like I was saying, um, it's really bad. You guys know it's bad. I know it's bad. We know it's bad. But um, it's going to get worse. Now, I want to read a real quick article, just a snippet of it. Um, and this is from 2019 from USA Today. So listen to what they were saying in 2019 at the border um, and and kind of in a comparison for what's going on today. It says, last month we visited the Rio Grande Valley sector of our southern border near McAllen, Texas. We toured the Hidalgo Port of Entry, a large pedestrian access and processing point for individuals, families, and unaccompanied minors. We saw the Donna Holding Facility, a large temporary facility for processing families who cross the border between the legal ports of entry. Now, Donna Facility is now open again for business. The Donna facility was added because Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, is limited in funding, so there is no place to temporarily house thousands of people in the Border Patrol custody. A dramatic spike in men traveling with a child has created a massive uh, influx of illegal immigrants. Im- uh, immigrants with nowhere to hold them. We also visited the very crowded Rio Grande Valley Centralized Processing Center in McAllen, a permanent facility first utilized in 2014 to 2015 to house and process migrant children. It is now also used to hold families because half of the men crossing the border bring a child. El Paso, Texas, seen from Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, on July 17, 2019, and that was a picture Let me show you this picture that was taken in El Paso, Texas in 2019, just to give you an example of what some of these people are doing. Check this out. Okay, so you're talking about, and this is coming out now, guys, right now in 2021 on our border, we are seeing makeshift migrant processing centers under highways and in forests along the border. This is from El Paso in 2017. Um, this, uh, I'm sorry, 2019, this photo was taken on July 17th, 2019. And this is a makeshift migrant processing center that they set up in that city because in spite of the fact that you had people like Beto O'Rourke saying that migrants deserve to be treated like humans, he was doing this to migrants coming illegally into his city in 2019. Okay, so a total, total hypocrite. And we're going to talk a little bit about Beto in a little bit. Okay, so I'm sorry, that guy, I cannot stand that guy. Okay, so um, that was that was a situation that was going on there in El Paso. We have more. We have more El Paso stories for you guys. We were given complete access to every facility. Now, this is the press speaking about the facilities in Donna, Texas in 2019. Notice the difference. The press was given complete access. You notice the difference? The press just got access and it's not even good to some of the facilities now. But. President Trump and under his administration, they had no problem allowing these people to inspect their facilities, even on a short notice. Um, We were given complete access in every facility and every location. We found shelves full of food, water, clothing, and hygiene products. The facilities all had air conditioning, medical care, showers, washers, and dryers, and phones for migrants to use. Um, Okay, now this, guys, is going to be in stark contrast to a video I'm going to show you guys in a minute. 
I just want to get this, uh, this, I, this idea of what's going on. This was 2019 and we still have an influx. We're going to talk about the numbers in just a sec. Now, here's a theme to hold on to. Southern border is a smuggler's hive. Our older border facilities were designed for single individuals who um, were processed and returned to Mexico quickly if they lacked legal justification to be in the United States. In the Rio Grande Valley area alone, people from at least 60 countries, um, including Afghanistan, Syria, Bangladesh, China, Yemen, Pakistan, Cuba, Venezuela, and many other Asian and African nations have been apprehended this year. This was in 2019, guys. Did you hear what they just said? In the Rio Grande Valley, at least 60 different countries, people from 60 different countries, not just Mexico, not just Honduras, not just Belize, you know, not just Ecuador, not just Central America, not just South America, Cuba, Pakistan, Yemen, China, Bangladesh, Syria, Venezuela, Afghanistan. What the heck? How are they getting over there to get over here. That's kind of suspect if you ask me. So that that again was 2019, guys. 2019. Now, this is from Just the News. And this is a talk this one is gonna be talking about and this one's taking us back to Donna, Texas, right? It says the US faces an influx of migrants along its southern border. Reporters on Tuesday were finally granted access inside a Donna, Texas facility containing forty one hundred migrants. Fox News reports that thirty four hundred of those migrants are unaccompanied minors. Where are you getting 3,400 unaccompanied minors with only 1,400, like, adults? Like, I don't understand. Like, no, that's less. 900 adults? 3,400 minors? What the hell? Okay, so... Oh, it's probably even less than that. Um, the press pool was informed that uh, more than 500 Border Patrol agents are working there. Operating the facility should cost $6 million monthly, but officials said it runs $16 million, the outlet noted. Dang, guys. The Department of Homeland Security turned over 600 unaccompanied children to HHS on Monday. I wonder where those guys are going to end up, right? And uh, let's see. And we'll have 270 migrants leave on Tuesday. Um, the outlet noted that in McAllen, Texas, United States Border Patrol Deputy Chief Raul Ortiz, and I hate to say it that I know a Raul Ortiz from the Valley, that he really expects Border Patrol to encounter in excess of one million migrants this year. A million migrants. So what we're going to look forward to is maybe 100,000 adults and 900,000 children coming across our border. I mean, look at those statistics. Of 4,100, 3,400 of them were children. That does not even add up. I mean, I don't even think... um Say all of those were women. <laughs> that's a lot of babies that those women... <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying here? Like, that's a lot of kids coming across the border. Like, what is going on, America? Why are we allowing this to happen? Um, let's see here. In an Epic Times article, over 16,000 illegal aliens were referred. And uh, this was in March alone. 
598 of them were criminals. See, we're not even talking about the criminal aspect. We're not even talking about the danger this presents to our country whenever we have criminals and people from other nations from across the Atlantic using our southern border as an entry point because the doors are literally wide open. And they literally are wide open. We have shown you pictures of that here on the Sea Report. As a matter of fact, we have shown you pictures of migrants standing in front of the open gate wall. Let me show you this wall again, guys. This wall, imagine from where this person right here, do you see this person right here? All the way to this person right here is a big old hole where you can walk right through because it's on a rolling gate. And there are photos of that out there right now. I mean, goodness, my gracious, guys, like that is some real stuff. And it's so funny that we don't get to see the border wall until this migrant crisis happens. It looks like the media cannot ignore it anymore. And probably two thirds of America saying, what the hell? Where did that come from? They told us he didn't build the wall. Well, guess what, guys? He sure did. There it is. And it's wide open for people to come right through. So this is just, this is some stuff, guys. This is indeed some stuff. And yes, George Soros does love this, Micah. Indeed, he does. And some people like to say maybe that that name is overused, but it is not. He still is a very active funder of uh, a lot of things, in including um, some of this, I wouldn't doubt, some of this border stuff now. Um, let's let's find some stuff that ties him to it, right? Let's find some stuff that ties him to it. Okay, so let me see here. What else was going to report on that? Um, we're looking at, okay, so in Texas, they did launch an operation. Uh, they, uh, they launched an operation called Operation Lone Star to combat the border crisis. Um, the biggest, uh, the biggest thing here to me is this, this, uh, this operation, uh, because really everything that's happening from the Washington, um, freeing up the border for people to come in all the way down to what's happening on the border wall with the security and these things now becoming processing centers, like these openings in the wall, processing centers to welcome in these migrants. And then they get flown out to hotel accommodations at taxpayer expenses. No joke. I told you we weren't going to go into the cost, but we are paying for their hotel rooms. Six months stay. They get a six month stay on your dime, America. They get a six month stay on your dime. Texans, we are paying something like $17,000 a month. No, wait, wait. Uh, okay, I just have to say this. A six month stay for a family is $71,000 per person. And that's what we're paying here in Texas. So I don't know, guys. They're, they're, this is definitely taxation without representation because I do not say that you could spend my money on housing these people that should not even be here. And I know if you just tuned in, that sounds heartless, but it is, I mean, come on guys. That's why we're not going to talk about the costs in this episode. We're going to talk about the crisis of these people influxing, and we're going to talk about the humanitarian crisis that everyone is ignoring that has to do with the thousands and thousands and thousands of unaccompanied children that are pouring into this country and going, God, God knows where going. God knows where we don't know what's happening to these kids. There was a report by some, um, some shill journalist. I don't care to say his name, but they had a report of these kids having to be pulled off of each other because they're having sex in these camps. Right. And, and they're raping each other. And they're basically, they're basically 
recreating what has happened to them on their journey into this country. Because this is very real, guys. This is very real. It's sick. It's disgusting. And I can't believe that we're allowing this to happen. Um, so let's go ahead and move forward from this because th there's just so much more to cover. What I do want to show you guys now... Um, because I, I have a lot of news here on this influx that's coming in. Let's take a look real quick at, um, let's take a real quick look at a video with Governor Abbott. Again, thank you, Governor. Please accept my humble apology, apology for going off on you yesterday. Um, but, uh, it just goes to show. It just goes to show. Oh God, this one is no. Okay. We're gonna play that one in a minute. We're gonna play that one in a minute. Um, if I don't have the Governor Abbott one, it's okay. Cause he's, he was just talking about, he was just talking, oh, what's that? He was just talking about, oh God, this is some of the pictures from inside. Let me, let me just blow this up real quick. These are not cages, guys. You want to talk about kids in cages? You want to talk about kids in cages? This is under Biden, y'all. And, and remember how in that article I read from 2019 where the press was allowed in and they went into that facility in Donna, Texas, and they said there was air conditioning, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These are the kids. These are children, guys. Um, and I, I mean, obviously they're not four years old, but they are not 18. They're not 16, 15. This one right here looks like he's like 10, 11, 12, 10, 8, 9. You know, like prepubescent, you know, all that stuff. Here, here's another one. Oh, wait, I already showed you guys that one. Oh, what was that? No, no okay. Well, we'll save this one on the screen then. Well, they were saying, oh, wait, I don't even have to say it myself. I could just show you the video. Okay, so let's... <laughs> Let's let's uh, let's look a little bit at the conditions that these people are going under. Let me show you this video from Senator Langford. Again, this is another 2019 video, guys. This is for some perspective in time of what they were dealing with in 2019. Imagine what it's like now. And then we're going to get to some current video from today. And you guys definitely want to see this. Okay, so if you haven't already. All right. This is a uh, Senator Langford visits the border in 2019. There's a family unit right here. They just gave up. Come on, Senator Langford. <laughs> I believe in you, and so do the gods of America. This area. So we, we're driving through between the river and where the wall is. And as we come around a bend, we walk onto a whole group of folks that uh, they're not legally present here. It's a group of individuals, some children, some adults. They've been wandering around through this area looking for a place to be able to get through, to be able to get in. They've identified some scouts that are in the area, some young people that are poking in and out of the brush where it looks like they're trying to move some people illegally. And that family told the agent that they've, they've been wandering around in this area since 9 a.m. this morning. They crossed the river as a family unit and, and they got lost. She's doing so good. Let me let her buffer for a sec. Yeah, so you see that, guys? And then did you see that that image of that wall also? Did you see that big concrete stake in it? Like, that is, that is definitely something, guys. Like, they can't just they can't just climb across that. There was too many to put in the van, so they told them where to walk so they could be picked. All right. Let me do some things here to try and get this going. 
picked up by a center, so they just took off, and the helicopter's kind of tracking them to make sure they show up, but it's supposed to show up. There are some people that think immigration and illegal immigration has a problem. It's not. It's hundreds of complicated, smaller problems all combined together. They're, they're dealing with housing for unaccompanied minors. And all unaccompanied minors are not the same. And some of them have a family member that's illegally present in the country, maybe a mom or a dad, and they'll be very rapidly connected back to a mom or dad here in the country and be told to show up for a hearing. Often that hearing is two or three years in the future. And some of the individuals that are in the uh, care of officers refugee resettlement will be there for months because they don't have any other family member uh, and they have no legal right to be in the country and no connection with anyone in the country. They don't know if there's a thousand coming today or if there's ten coming today. Uh, they don't know if they're adults or if they're children. And if none of the facilities along the border were set up for large groups of individuals coming. And they were all set up for legal crossing and now they're facing thousands of people crossing the border each day. I know the work that my men and women are doing out here and trying to take care of people. And it's just hurtful and demoralizing when all you do is keep getting slammed uh, because you're trying to do the best here and nobody's happy with it, but they're also not willing to come up with a solution. The sun's setting. We already are the busiest time of day is from 2 p.m. to midnight. And we're the busiest part of the busiest sector. And the Border Patrol folks have been fantastic. And believe me, they admit they have problems, but a lot of the problems are inflicted by Congress. When all of a sudden ICE doesn't get any money, it just puts a block in processing people. It's not just a humanitarian crisis at the border, but it is a national security crisis as well. USCBP is doing a, just a phenomenal job with what they are given and what they have been handed. And unfortunately, we're getting pushback from across the aisle on uh, what we can do and what we should be doing, but CBP cannot keep up this pace. They, cannot, they can't do it without Congress stepping up. Until we change the laws, we can never catch up. People are coming from around the world to get in the United States, and we got to do something different. It's not, a, it's not an end-all, be-all. It's not the wall of China, but it is an effective close them down, correct? businesses and everything's all on the other side of this, just within a few feet of the wall here at this So where he's standing is where the gate rolls. Like, where he's standing, that's where the gate rolls on these big metal gates and there's wheels. And this is an example of where they would be whenever they have the gates rolled open for people to just walk on in and process them. Point. If there wasn't a wall here to even slow people down, people would... Oh, come on. We almost made it in this video. That's pretty crazy, guys, isn't it? It's pretty crazy. But let's see if we can finish this video up. And if not, then we'll... we'll uh, Literally run it. across this border straight into a business, disappear into a shopping area, and we just blend right in. So when you've got a city on this side and the border on this side, it's really important you have something to slow people. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. Shrink her down. Okay. Let me get my... 
Let me get my ugly mug back on the screen. Okay, so that's just a look at what they're facing. Down. This wall slows people down. And when I talk to the Border Patrol folks about... Okay, she's going to keep on buffering. I'm not going to play her. But, um, yeah, so 2019, guys, that was something that they were facing. So let's take a look at a video that is current. Now, this comes from Project Veritas. Project Veritas has been on the ball. I mean, okay, first of all, if you guys don't know who Project Veritas is, I encourage you to go look them up. Uh, They're basically a, a, a true journalist agency that does real undercover investigations and sleuthing. They have been on top of some of the biggest stories of the last few years. Um, and now they are depending on whistleblowers within the government to give them the tip off on their stories. And they, they're, real, they're a real agency. They protect their sources and all that stuff. Um, not the others don't cause there, there are a bunch, there are a few good guys out there. You know what I mean? Um, but I think project Veritas is among one of them. So they finally got a hold of this border issue a couple, a few weeks back. Now, I think they were the first ones to show inside footage of these facilities where they have these plexiglass walls and the children are sleeping like little sausages in a blanket. Um, so now he he found uh, he um, has footage of these uh, makeshift processing centers that are being set up along the border under bridges. Now, don't forget, I showed you that photo from El Paso in 2019. Same idea. Um, this is worse. Let me go ahead and blow the screen up first and see if that helps. Aliens inside of the. Come on, baby. Yeah, it sucks for buffering on a minute-long video. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, goodness. Just give it a sec, because it's okay. After this weekend, I might be all set up. So it's just for this report. area. One of our insiders just gained access to this incredibly restricted makeshift processing center in Granjejo, Texas. It's located under the Anza Dua International Bridge. What you're looking at is never before seen footage showing migrants of all ages lying in the dirt operating. insider working near the southern border email us at veritas tips at protonmail.com that is something else guys that is something else um so there you see uh that's uh that's something that that that's that that's a crisis guys that is not acceptable that is not acceptable for anybody to be living in those types of conditions and it is unacceptable that we are to accept the blame because we don't want to let them into our country that is not acceptable not acceptable like by any means um this needs to be stopped like they need to tell them don't come to America because you will not get in. He needs to use those words. He needs to say, 
They need to stop coming to America. They will be turned away because they have hope that they're going to get in under the Biden Democrat machine. And it's not even about, it's not even about who's the president. They just know every time a Democrat is in office that they have a higher percentage increase of successfully getting into the country. Period. Like, it, it has nothing to do with, well, I mean, I guess it does have something to do with politics, but is that really uh, something that, that, we as as concerned Americans should really have to focus on when we have images like this coming across the border, not to mention some of the stuff we're going to be getting into. Like, it's, it's pretty bad, guys. It's pretty bad. Let me see if I can't... Okay, so before I move on to the next video, I want to see if I can't... Because I'm running off of this tiny little, like, portable Chromebook that has no power whatsoever. So that's why I keep getting this buffer. So let me see if I can find some stuff I can close out real quick. So that this way I can free up more whatever. Oh, yeah, that one's not good. Okay, let's close that one. We can close that one. And I'm running off multiple screens, and I'm sure that that is affecting it as well. So <laughs> let's see. Okay, some interesting articles coming up. All right, we can close this one. Okay, that should help a little bit. Let me see if there's anything here I can close. I want to keep that one. We'll, we can close that one. Uh, we'll keep that one. We, yeah, we'll close that one. And we'll keep that one. <laughs> what is that? Um, we can close that one. And okay. All right, so let's take a look at some more vid. The next one I want to show to you... Uh, 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 uh. That one's coming up in a minute. Uh, the next one I want to show to you is another one from Project Veritas, and I'm 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 praying and crossing my fingers that this one will play all the way through. That's why, and I might just leave the screen here so this way it's like it you know we, it can go. Um, this video that I'm going to show you from Project Veritas definitely illustrates some of the dangers that are um, apparent. At the border. And these are dangers for people who are crossing more so than they are for the American people. Okay? Like, this is the reason why this needs to stop. This is the reason why illegitimate Joe needs to say stop coming. Stop sending your children. Stop sending your families. But no, I'm sure that there's some other connection there. There's probably some other cartel connection, or maybe there's some connection to families in El Paso who are Democrats that might, you know, um, might have something to do with this. I don't know. Let's find out. But in the meantime, I just want the, I, this is from a whistleblower. Now, this is the perfect example of the kind of work that Project Veritas does. This is a whistleblower on film that is uh, telling us about some of the horrors that he has seen on the border. So I'm going to pray and cross my fingers that this plays. And you guys, if you haven't seen this yet, well, here it is. So why don't you tell, tell us what, what it is that you do? <laughs> I knew it. Okay. Hold on. Okay. I need this to play. Um, let me see what I can do here real quick. I'm going to blow it up anyways. Too bad. No. Thinks I want to. I pushed the wrong button. Let's pray, guys. Oh, 
Before we get into these documents, they are labeled unclassified, uh, law enforcement sensitive. What does that mean exactly? That means you're not supposed to say, uh, you're not supposed to be it to the public. These documents, this is something called the Border Intelligence Daily. It says sex offender encounters by U.S. Border Patrol has reached a five-year high. Do you feel that's accurate? What do they mean by encounters? So an encounter is an arrest, and it's extremely accurate, possibly underreported, because sometimes we don't know about the criminal history and we haven't got caught. In this document, it says that criminal aliens with sex-related offenses are attempting to re-enter the U.S. in record numbers during the pandemic, likely due to unstable economic situations. It goes on to show some figures that show we're only five months into the fiscal year uh, of 2021, but there's already 214 of these encounters, sex offender encounters, compared to the yearly total last year, which was 154. It's a pretty big difference. Um, you sure these numbers are accurate? I would probably say that I don't report it. All the records of the criminal aliens and sex offenders on their list now, they all have been previously deported from the United States for 20 years, current in the United States. Do I feel this? I mean, dead children. Dead children in the middle of the desert. I've seen deaths in 19 year old girls who fall off the fence and hit her head and die in my own restroom. First day, we run checkpoint operations and we check vehicles and catch live telephone calls and human, human smuggling, human trafficking problems. Uh, you know, every day we're catching something like that. But very dangerous. For both of us and the people in the rest to be crossing legally. Those things like Biden might not stay. Changing from the, from the, the main and Mexico policy under the Trump administration. We didn't remove that. But they're just opening the floodgates for family units and small children crossing that border illegally. I guess what is the process for determining the age of these migrants? We have access to a Mexican database to kind of try to find out if they're an age. If we can't find them in there, or if they're not Mexican, they're pretty much going what their ID says, or if they have no ID. They much take what, what they say with this. There are times that I've caught people with their IDs and then they, the system has said they were minors, but they weren't. So because once they get put in the system as a minor, we get to them as a minor. How do you compare the policies of this administration to the last one? What are you seeing? Third time Obama, since my third administration, found law. Uh, the time Trump took over, it was a complete overhaul. Um, everybody got punished. Uh, everybody got deterred. Everyone got a file. But nobody got just sent back unless there was a medical emergency or they were a child. Um, the traffic slowed down. Uh, all the 
A lot of people in our class now were treated far more humane under the Trump administration than any other president. I know Obama was just like a horrible stench. Every time you walked in a detention center, you'd get sick. People were packed in, three, four hundred people in a room. But under the Trump administration, there was no more than 20 in the room, 20 to 40 in the room. Have you ever eyewitnessed uh, sexual assaults or human trafficking that you, you know of? I have witnessed uh, the aftermath of some sexual assaults on the border. I have uh, arrested or rescued uh, aliens that have been raped. Uh, I have sat in the hospital with women that have been raped. I, uh, one time, a couple years back, there were some men that had been raped and tied to the fence because they wouldn't carry drugs. There's a lot of sexual assaults going on. A lot of it's past me. Like, once they get in the interior, they get to the stash house. They, uh, there was one guy, he got caught with a, with a, uh, notebook where he would write in the notebook every sexual thing he did with a girl and what they did, who they were, the name, age. That was, that was a lot. The person there on location that's in the room with you recently recorded uh, this video we're about to play for you on the southern border. If we could pull up the video. Yeah, it's pretty typical for a have you seen this type of thing? Yes, like they'll jump one body here, they'll get the agents to move, chase the one, the one uh, subject, and then they'll jump three or four more somewhere else. They use the give-ups as a distraction, because they're going to get asylum anyways, so since your family units were pretty much just giving the bus to get yeah, I'm going to pause it real quick because it buffered. That's pretty good. Uh, this is a terrible story, guys. But just for the um, podcast viewers, uh, what they're showing is an image. It's like a night vision image of um, uh, uh, several migrants um, coming across the border. It kind of showed someone like moving in like as a lookout first. And then once he'd gone, all the others followed suit. And these are on the open parts of the wall um, on the border. And back to the video. And then probably the more dangerous uh, alien immigrants are probably the ones that they uh, let go run when they uh, deal with this issue. What do you fear the most? Do I fear the most? Yes. I don't dead children. I don't. Dead children in the middle of the desert is something I don't want to deal with. Have you seen that recently? I've seen deaths. I have not seen uh, the youngest. Was a 19 year old girl, she fell off the fence and hit her head and died in my arms last year. First day. God dang, guys, that is so bad, man. Ugh. I can't tell you how that makes me feel. Um, let me go ahead and kill that stream. Uh, so there you have it. That was um, whistleblower footage from Project Veritas. 
of a border patrol agent who is going on record with some of the things that he'd seen. It's it's bad, y'all. It's it's bad. That isn't even the start of it. That's not even that's not even the most of it. Um, but you heard how he'd said uh, the one thing that he fears the most is finding a a, a dead child in the desert. Um, and indeed, I think that's something that. Uh, and I don't think that's anything that anyone would want to experience. So um, we're going to press forward. Just give me a second. Sorry about that, guys. But we are live on Twitch. I can tell you that for sure. So, uh, okay, we are at the top of the hour. Thanks, guys, for joining us at the Sea Report. I am your host, Michael. Uh, Mr. C, excuse me. Wrong podcast. <laughs> Mr. W is going to kill me. Um, all right, I am your host, Mr. C. And uh, thank you for joining us now. We are doing a border story, border crisis presentation today. And you have a good one, Micah. Good night in France. And thank you for joining us on the Sea Report. Ooh, right when we were getting into the meat of it. But thank you for joining us. I do appreciate that. It's always good to have someone along. Uh, but anyways, yeah, tell your friends, guys. All right, get the Sea Report on. Today's the, today's episode is that episode, though you know what I'm talking about. Like, today's episode is that episode. So we are hearing about what well, you guys just saw that video for yourself. I don't got to say nothing. You heard how he said, during Obama's administration, the, the inside of those facilities, they stink. They, there was a stench. They stunk. I don't know. How do you say that in past tense? I don't know. Anyways, so the, it's they smelled. Um, and and there was three to 400 people in there at a time. And under the Trump administration, 20 to 40 people at a time. Do you see the difference here, guys? This is, this is from people who have lived and worked and experienced it themselves. So don't try and tell me, like some person tried to educate me on my job that I had for 10 years. Like, you didn't even work in the industry. What the hell are you talking about? You don't even know what the inside baseball was. I was an operations manager in that field. Anyways, so that's, that's neither here nor there. But you cannot tell us that this guy's lying. I mean, he's, he's a whistleblower. You know, he's a firsthand account, you know. Um, but that's astonishing. So let's take a look about, uh, you see, they have, uh, he's talking about all this crisis, uh, the, the, the influx that's coming in and some of the things that he's afraid of. Uh, this article from the Epic Times headlines reads, 80 unaccompanied minors surrender to Border Patrol in Arizona desert. And I think it's a little bit important that we start to bring Arizona into the picture because Arizona there's some stuff going on there, but this is this is all border related, okay? All border related, all border crisis, humanitarian crisis related, and child trafficking crisis related. It says in this article, the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol has encountered another group of over 80 unaccompanied minors. Now, this was freshest today. Um, um, who after they illegally crossed into the United States with 50 other illegal immigrants. So 50 adults, 80 unaccompanied minors, the agency said this week. Early this morning, over 130 illegal aliens surrendered to Border Patrol agents near San Miguel, Arizona, after eagle illegally crossing the border. Tucson Sector Chief Patrol Agent John Maudlin said in a Twitter post, more than 80 were unaccompanied minors. The group was provided masks and trans border to Tucson for processing. Border, uh, border officials from the Tucson sector later told Breitbart that the remaining 50 or more migrants were family unit aliens. They added that about 90% of the illegal immigrants came from Guatemala, 
and the rest were from Honduras. So there's that. Um, another one from the Epic Times talks about 500 unaccompanied minors to be housed in Houston holding facility. So the overflow, the overspill of all of these migrants coming in, you know, they had them at the K. Bailey Hutchinson Center in Dallas. I think I said it was in Houston in one report. I do apologize, America. You see, America, I try and make up for my mistakes. But anyways, so there was that going on in Houston, uh, Dallas, and now we have 500 more unaccompanied minors coming in to Houston, it says here the Biden administration is moving another 500 unaccompanied children from border facilities under U.S. Customs and Border Protection custody to an emergency holding facility as part of efforts to reduce overcrowding. The children are scheduled to arrive at the National Association of Christian Churches site in Houston, Texas, which has been transformed into an emergency intake site processing center used by the United States Department of Health and Human Services Office of Refugee Resettlement. Why are we resettling refugees? They're not even refugees! Oh my goodness! Okay. Well, if that was not enough, America... We're talking about, and now we're going to get, now we're going to start getting into that child trafficking thing. Um, according to Breitbart, <laughs> there is a new migrant caravan coming to America. Jesus Christ. Okay, so uh, a new migrant caravan um, has beginning its trek to United States from Honduras. Um, the caravan formed earlier this week as several hundred migrants left San Pedro Sula in Honduras. Telusur TV reported the group is preparing to cross into Guatemala, despite claims by the country's government that irregular migration will not be allowed. The Guatemalan government issued an order this week allowing the use of force to contain the caravan, the TV station reported. Um, last month, President Andres Manuel López Obrador, otherwise known as President AMLO, publicly blamed Biden for the migration spike, which is also ex impacting Mexican efforts to contain the situation. Uh, López Obrador deployed 8,700 soldiers to key areas along human smuggling routes in the country. See if human smuggling didn't happen. Why is he investing 8,700 soldiers into helping the issue? So um, the president of Mexico, President Obrador, President AMLO, has been very active in supporting the efforts to stop migration, illegally speaking, and also the human trafficking issue. But it's not any easier. And as it says in this article, he did lash out at Biden for um, this whole mess that he's basically caused. So... So here's some evidence, because people keep saying, especially in the media, oh, well, you know, uh, it's not like they're hearing it from President Biden. They're not hearing it from President Select. He didn't say come over America, uh, come over Mexico to America. Um, but but here's the thing. They're, they're, they're saying it's they're hearing it from family members, blah, 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 blah. They're ignoring the Biden shirts on the other side of the border. They're ignoring the Biden flags that are flying in migrant camps for people who are waiting to cross the border. They're ignoring all of that because those guys are AstroTurf, right? I don't know. <laughs> Here, take a look at this. Take a look at this. This is a video on Univision wherein the, um, the coyote caught on camera basically says it's because of Biden that they're able to do this. So let's take a look at this video from the horse's mouth itself, right, guys? From the horse's mouth itself. 
Es fuerte el negocio ahorita, ¿se deja bien? Pues, a como está la situación con la gente, sí. Por lo menos, eso aseguran estos dos jóvenes que han creado un negocio muy rentable cruzando familias centroamericanas, que vienen en busca de asilo. Nosotros nada más venimos... Now, I know it's in Spanish, but there are subtitles you can read, and then and then I'll tell you what it was saying in a few minutes. Like, right now, he's just, they're talking about how they're helping Central American families seeking asylum to cross the United States border. The picture here is a man on a raft with a family, and these are all kids. Like, this picture right here, they're all children. Like, I see them. They're all kids. Oh, my God. There's not a single, maybe that one's a mother, but the rest of them are all kids. Oh, my God. Okay, so that is insane. What the hell? Okay, so they really don't want us to play this video. Um, okay, so like I said, this, this image that we're looking at is them on the rafts, and they're bringing in kids uh, across the river on rafts. Wow, that's some hard buffer. That is some hard... Stop throttling my internet, people! Okay, so let me... They don't want y'all to see this man say it's all because of Biden in Spanish. Dang, that's some hard throttle. Okay, you're not going to beat me. Okay, we're going to do this again. Hold on. You're not going to beat me. America will see people in Spanish saying it's because of Biden that we're coming. The coyote from the coyote himself. The coyote! Dang, that's some hard down come. Okay, we are going to get this. I am going to get this to play. I don't care if it takes me another hour. Dang, okay, hold on. Oh my God, I can't. It's, it's a 28 second video, guys. 28 seconds. Um, he says right here, with the benefits your new president is now granting, people found the courage to come. Can you believe that, guys? That was, that was a coyote. Dang! Come on, guys! All right, I'm gonna fight with this. I'm gonna fight with this thing. I need to stop it. Bam! Gotcha. I gotcha, Jorge. All right. So there you go. There you have it. That was a guy. He says, we're just here to get our daily bread like everybody else is. And everyone had the courage to come now because Biden's policies like that's from the that is from the mouth of a child human smuggler themselves, y'all. Okay, so. Oh my goodness. So we saw all those images. We saw all that stuff that was going on. So now guys, I'm going to show a report to you all. 
I'm going to start clearing out some of this stuff here. Okay, first of all, before actually before I show you this report, let me show you this video. Now, this is the one where I was talking this this guys, this does have very sensitive uh footage, so if you are if you the, the viewer discretion advised, th this is not something that you may want to see, but what I will tell you is this just came in um at the end of this was the 30th United States Border Patrol agents from Santa Teresa now, please keep that name Santa Teresa in mind. Um, rescue two toddlers dropped over border barrier. So two toddlers, they were uh, ages four and five. In this video, you'll see a coyotes dropping them off of a 14, 16 foot high. I mean, it looks like they did everything that they could to maybe like, um, to maybe like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, lower them down, I guess. But anyways, you'll see in the video. So here's an and then now they're just dropping these kids off. Why are coyotes dropping them off on the other side of the wall? Who is supposed to pick them up? Like, they're just there in the middle of the desert, exposed. Like, what is up with that? So look at this video real quick, and then I'll read an article to you. Uh, I'll read the press release on what you're seeing um, after that. Uh, again, if uh, this video does contain scenes that some viewers may find disturbing, so viewer discretion is advised. The um, press release from Santa Teresa, New Mexico says U.S. Border Patrol agents responded to a potentially life-threatening situation involving two female tender-aged toddlers mistreated and abandoned by human smugglers just west off Mount Cristo Rey. And then if you're watching the video, you can see they've already dropped the kids and then they run into, uh, I guess, the, the hillside back into Mexico. Um, that's, that's, that is terrible guys. That is terrible. Um, the article continues on Tuesday evening, a Santa Teresa agent utilizing a uh, camera technology observed a smuggler dropping two young children from the top of the approximately 14 foot high border barrier. Immediately after both children landed on the ground, two smugglers immediately fled the area and abandoned the helpless little girls on the North side of the international boundary line. The camera operator alerted Santa Teresa agents and directed them to the remote location of the incident. Responding agents found the three-year-old and five-year-old Ecuadorian children and rendered aid to them. The two toddlers are sisters and both were alert when agents made contact with them. The minor children were transported to the Santa Teresa Border Patrol Station for ev evaluation by medical personnel. And let me go ahead and close that guy out there. Um... And it says here also, uh, <clears throat> agents contacted emergency medical services and the toddlers were transported. The two girls were medically cleared and currently remain in Border Patrol temporary holding pending placement by Health and Human Services. I'm appalled by the way these smugglers viciously dropped innocent children from a 14-foot barrier last night. 
If not for the vigilance of our agents using mobile technology, these two tender-aged siblings would have been exposed to the harsh elements of desert environment for hours, stated El Paso Sector Chief Patrol Agent Gloria I. Chavez. We are currently working with our law enforcement um, partners in Mexico and attempting to identify these ruthless human smugglers so as to hold them accountable to the fullest extent of the law. So that was that video you guys saw. That is terrible. Um, and that's just some of it. Um, now, when I was going through this, because I knew I was going to do a border story, I knew I was going to have to do something with um, this uh, this alarming amount of children or unaccompanied minors spilling into the U.S. border, I started to do a little digging around, right? And um, something did come to my attention that I'd like to share with you here. Now, I mentioned this on one of our programs on Q&A Holes before. Um, so I thought I would go ahead and um, show you this report I found. Now, here's the big whoop, the big concern um, that right now with the borders open and all of these unaccompanied minors flooding into America, that they're going to be victims of... Um, child abuse, uh, sexual abuse, child sex, child sex trafficking, uh, being brought into a life of slavery, uh, inhumane conditions, inhumane treatment. Um, and then aside for that, there's also the, um, very real danger of, uh, murder of, 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 uh, ritualistic, um, activities being done on these children. And also, um, uh, maybe some medical black market things that we don't always hear about, uh, whether that is organ harvesting, blood harvesting, adrenochrome harvesting, anything like that. So, um, these are big issues. And, and here's the thing is that like on the border where it's a lot of it is wilderness, um, a lot of it is open, um, you never know what could be going on out there on that vast and spacious property. Um, there was actually an article that came out. Um, let me just play it for you guys. Uh, all right. Now, some of the contents of this next story may disturb you. And so, again, I'm going to say just I'm just going to give you some advisement. Um, viewer discretion is advised. I'm going to expect some resistance on this too. Contractors report, is it an abandoned homeless camp or is it something more sinister? It was found by veterans on patrol in the area of Valencia 919. News 4 Tucson's Lupita Murillo is live at the site now with the latest details. Lupita, what can you tell us? Well, Angelique, the group was looking for homeless veterans, but instead they found this abandoned camp. Now, this camp had as a mirror and right behind it is this table and on the table you can see shaving cream flea and tick shampoo roach and ant killer and right behind it this area where people probably slept we saw the straps on the trees that were meant to subdue someone we saw the bunker with an entrance that only a child could get into 
and we saw the name Hello Maddie written on the top of it and it's just it became something so terrifying in such a short time. Danny Ward is a volunteer with Veterans on Patrol. They came upon this abandoned camp on Tuesday. They say this place is meant for child trafficking. It's meant for torturous terrible things that should never happen to a small child let alone anyone while they found numerous children's items in the camp such as toys and clothes there's no official investigation saying this camp was used for child trafficking tucson police has been there they've also taken pictures and they say they're turning it over to detectives so is this a homeless camp or is it a camp that was trafficking children we don't know, but we'll find out for you and let you know. Reporting live, Lupita Murillo, News for Tucson. So uh, that was the only coverage of that story, guys. Now, I mean, as far as as far as the news goes, whoops, <laughs> giving my stuff away here. Um, that's uh, that story when I came across it. Just it 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 sent chills down my spine. And and then to look at the way that they were covering it, you could tell that the reporter was walking on eggshells talking about this story. So that that was that was in, on the border in Arizona. So I went ahead and looked into this to see what this was about. Think about that, guys. This was on the border in Arizona. Okay, where they just had 80 kids unaccompanied by minors apprehended and where over uh, what hundreds of them have gone missing in the last few years. We've talked about this on the program. So now we had this evidence of a sex camp, um, a possible place where kids were being tortured there. And, and I hadn't even seen those visuals before I saw this report, whereas I'd seen I'd read the report about the report a few weeks back. Um it's 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 preposterous, guys. So um, I found this on the internet, and now what I'm doing now is I'm showing you these articles that involve this because this is there is a draw, there is a tie here somewhere. Why is the border being left open? Why is it demanded that it's left open? Why are all of these children coming here unaccompanied, and why is this escalated into this big of a crisis? Okay, now the Gateway Pundit had this to say in regards to that story. Um, the land on which the bunker was founded, now get this guys, the land on which the bunker was founded, what we just saw, was owned by Semex Construction Materials South LLC, a multinational building material company in Mexico. Uh, before I, <laughs> well, here's, here's the tie to it. Um, this Semex company, which had this child sex trafficking bunker on the property of um, is also a partner of the Clinton Global Initiative. Doesn't it figure right? So let's not just like, you know, let's not just like try draw sudden conclusions, right? Let's let's continue. Semix received a $7 million contract from the Clinton Global Initiative to build houses in Haiti during Clinton's tenure as Secretary of State in 2012, nearly two and a half years after the quake. According to the federal lobbying disclosure, Semex donated $25,000 to the Clinton Foundation. So yes, folks, right away, I am going to jump straight into this connection here. It's very crazy. Now, um, Semex uh, runs operations in, 
across thousands of lands of mile. They, they have huge bases here in Texas. Um, Comal County is where they're headquartered. Uh, and, and this, this was interesting. Now, so th- th- we're just going to connect dots here if we can. Um, I don't want to go into too much wild speculation. You know, Lord knows the C-Report's not about speculation. But to have a child sex trafficking ring or camp on this property by the border, it really does make one wonder what the deal is here. Like, why do we have, why does this exist? Okay, so we dig a little bit more. Um, from the American Liberty email, it says the child trafficking camp is situated on a plot of land owned by Semex Corporation. Carlos Slim, the Lebanese phone monopolist from Mexico, who owns the New York Times, actually it's a large share of the New York Times, also owns Semex. Hmm. George Soros, I'm sorry you're not with us, Micah, anymore, but you did mention George Soros in the chat. <laughs> Well, I'll just put that on the screen there. Um, George Soros is reported to be holding $41 million in Semex shares. Semex has publicly stated that it will not allow its land to be used when the Trump administration constructs the border wall. Hmm, you gotta wonder about that. Um, Actually, there's a little bit more interesting. So it says here also... Semex is also a member of the Clinton Global Initiative and has donated tens of thousands of dollars to the Clinton Foundation. When the Hillary Clinton-run State Department uh, outsourced the Haiti relief effort following the 2010 earthquake there to the Clinton Foundation, the Clintons famously scammed the poor country. Millions of dollars disappeared, homes that were supposed to be built never materialized, and Semex was right in the middle of it, moving cargo containers back and forth from Haiti Mexico and the United States. You have to wonder if Maddie was in one of those containers. That, guys, they were moving cargo freights, and we already know that a woman was busted trying to take like 30-something children's from Haiti. And the Clintons were um, were instrumental in freeing her, and then she went on, she went on to work for the Amber Alert uh, emergency service system. This is crazy, guys. This is crazy. We, I, I know we've said her name before. I didn't, I didn't um, re- think to remember to bring it up here again. But here we go. And then it says the globalists are now circling the wagons. Uh, YouTube is probably taken down. So that veterans on patrol that found them, they were, they were documenting what they were finding. They were uh, putting it on YouTube and they were putting it on their Facebook. Um, but it says YouTube's already taken that down. Veterans on patrol was asking at the time to travel to Arizona right now if they could. If you were a veteran, travel there to help them search for lost children. So then they went on a search party. They were asking the police to bring in cadaver dogs uh, to try and see if they, they could find any bodies out there. Um, it says here they have demanded that Arizona police bring in cadaver dogs to conduct a thorough search of the area where they found the child trafficking camp. Given that Tucson's mayor is Jonathan Rothschild, yes, of that Rothschild family, Rothschild, many doubt that the local investigation will go anywhere. So I was coming across some of this info for the first time myself as I was going through this. So let me get out my pen and paper here and put that on the notes of things to go into. Uh, we're going to take a look at Jonathan Rothschild, hopefully soon. And he is, um, let's see here, the mayor of Tucson. Hey, Tucson, C-Report's going to be shining their eye lights on you soon. 
Um, okay, so that's something that's something interesting there. So there's another strange tie-in, huh? What could that be all about? Uh, let's see what uh, CNN Business had to say about uh, Semex not supporting Donald Trump. It says Mexico's largest cement company won't build Trump's wall. Um, executives at Semex, the multinational building materials and construction firm, clarified Thursday that the company would have no involvement in constructing the wall along the U.S. border. He says, I want to be very clear on this topic. Semex will not participate in the construction of the wall, said Rogelio Zambrano, president of Semex. Zambrano said his company has not participated in the first round of bids that is currently underway. On March 2nd, the company said it would provide materials to firms that it had contracts with, even if they were building the wall. If one of our clients requests a quote for materials, we have the responsibility to do so, the company said in a statement at the time. But this does, this does not imply that Semex will participate in the project. It's unclear if any company has solicited Semex's material for the wall. President Trump recently requested a relatively small sum of $1 billion as the first installment to build his proposed border wall, which has a total estimate cost of $12 billion. Semex's decision not to participate Participate directly in constructing the border wall is a reminder of a point made by Mexico's foreign minister, Luis Vidigre, earlier in the month. He told companies to examine their conscience because Lord knows, uh, you know, the mob bosses can get mad if we have children not flowing through the borders. So examine your conscience before deciding whether to participate in building the wall, arguing that nationality takes precedent over profits. No, I would say profits take precedent over nationality since after all, you will be losing a lot of money from human and child sex trafficking if this wall is indeed finished and they start to get a hold of what's going down on the border. So anyways, that's very interesting. Semex. Semex seems to be taking a pretty hard stance against Donald Trump and anything that is Trump. Um, there was a... So Semex, um, they're multinational. They're all over the place, apparently. Um, there was some more articles I had come across, but uh, in the interest of time, how we were at, okay, we're we're getting down to the wire, guys. Let me see what else I got. So let's take a look. Okay, so here was an article. Here was something from. Um, this was about uh, the Hillary Clinton Foundation or the Clinton Foundation and Semex. Um, it says, uh, let me blow that up here on the screen for you. Semex teams with Clinton-backed UN Foundation Alliance amid General Assembly of the United Nations meeting in the New York City. Semex officials signed an agreement to join UN Foundation Global Alliance for clean cook stoves. The public-private uh, agreement, uh, a partnership, seeks to protect the environment and improve local communities' quality of life by creating a global market for clean and efficient household cooking solutions. By joining the alliance, we will foster the adoption of cook stoves in Latin America and Asia, strengthening our ongoing corporate social responsibility efforts in these regions and contributing to the well-being of their communities, said Semex chairman Lorenzo Zambrano. Now, that makes me feel that makes something come to mind, guys. They're working in Asia, and indeed, I should have pulled up the, the um, website, the company website, but they're all over the world. They're multinational all over the world. I wonder if there were any Semex, um, you know, crates or, or um, um, you know, uh, shipping units, uh, cargo units aboard that ship that uh, blocked the Suez Canal. I mean, what if, what if they had blocked the Suez Canal 
hoping that people would have gotten into those containers to free any of the children that were on board. I mean, that literally just came into my head because they said that Semex was shipping cargo ships and containers between Haiti, Mexico, and the United States during Haiti. What if Semex, a multinational shipping and construction company, has been doing this under the radar this whole time? Y'all working with the Clinton Foundation and other things. So let's let's take a little bit more of a look in here about this. So um, I was I was I was very curious about the uh, remember I mentioned the Santa Teresa where we saw those children following following down, that were being dropped on the other side of the border. I was interested about that. I was interested about whether or not Semex had land on the border. And what I did find was, in fact, they have land in the border in El Paso where they're working um, and constructing things. So Semex was in Arizona with child trafficking camps and bunkers on their property. Imagine what else might be out there in the vast wilderness of thousands of acres on the border that are unprotected. Um, there was a report, a tip-off, that um, the father of um, Beto O'Rourke actually owned something like twenty to 22,000 acres of land on the border, with which this company, Semex, also is working Um they have. Uh, there were at least two areas. One close to the Tucson. One close to the New Mexico El Paso border, where Semex has a site, and then also a little further south on the southern end of El Paso, moving uh, also towards the, uh, um, I guess the uh, the Gulf. There was another Semex site on the border. Um, I should have had the map. I'm sorry, guys. Where it has a pinpoint, I could probably find it real quick. We're not playing any video right now um, per se, so I don't think we have to worry about buffering. Uh, I think we're done with video for the rest of this report, honestly. So let me go ahead and see if I can pull that up. Okay, here it is. Let me bring this over to this screen and blow it up. So now what we're looking at is, uh, as soon as it Okay, so now what we're looking at is where Semex is located. Um, pinpoint drop. So let me go ahead and bring that back. So that's in El Paso. Oh, yeah, that's that's the one that's on the border of El Paso Juarez. Now this one's not showing me everything I want to see that I saw in the earlier one. So let me see if I can't pull that one up real quick. I actually saved uh, saved the, the image. I don't know where it went. Um, let me see here. No. Okay. Uh, oh, here it is. So these two point. What the fuck? It's. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Okay. Open image and you tap. So right here, guys. Okay. These three points, this is Semex and El Paso. You see they have two of them on the border, one on the border of El Paso and New Mexico, and then one in here in El Paso on the border of uh, Mexico and America. So Semex is working in this area. Now, don't forget, Beto O'Rourke, it was actually not his father. His father, Patrick O'Rourke, was a judge for um, El Paso. And there's not to say that that's not bad. It's his father-in-law. 
his father-in-law. So Beto comes from a lot of money. His father-in-law, um, William Sanders, was uh, the owner of REIT, which is a construction and landscaping. Uh, I have my notes here. Let me pull it up for you guys. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about Beto. Okay, so now if you guys didn't remember Beto, he's the idiot that was like, yes, we're going to take your AR-15s, whatever. Okay, so um, the things that we didn't know about O'Rourke is he does come from a family of money. Um, he has a bourgeois background, reported net worth of $9 million. And uh, he also played a role in gentrifying El Paso. Um, he was kicking out uh, the Duranguitos, I think is what they were called, which was one of the oldest Chicano um, communities in El Paso just to like, you know, bring in all this development. Um, there was some scandal there. Um, an, a story from Forbes talks about his family. It says, the Times story referred to O'Rourke's dad-in-law, William Sanders, 77, as a billionaire, but didn't venture a more precise estimate of his net worth. A couple um, days later, another story on the Spectator site asked why nobody mentioned Beto's wife, Amy, was a billionaire heiress. It cited the Times story and ventured Sanders' fortune at $20 billion. His father-in-law, Bill Sanders, is a bona fide real estate tycoon known as the Godfather of Real Estate Investments Trust, or REIT. Sanders has made a pile. He sold one of his many companies called Security Capital to General Electric for $5.4 billion in 2002. Sanders founded Verde Realty in 2003 to focus on investment in the Southwest where he believed a cheap labor costs and a booming population would make the region thrive. He fostered business relationships in Mexico that envisioned the free flow of goods, people, and capital in the most seamless way possible where the border was little hindrance rather than walled off. So that is Beto's father-in-law, and he also owned Borderland in El Paso. So let me show you some of those pictures. Now, this is the borderland in the Santa Teresa area between New Mexico and uh, Texas and the Mexican border. So this is just an example of some, and there's your wall. There's some example of what he owned out. It says here that the, the um, it says here that there was a, a land purchase um, by a man named Gaddy, he bought part of the more than 20,000 acres of land that were owned by Verde Realty, which is a Sanders business. A real estate investment trust started in 2003 by well-known El Paso businessman Bill Sanders, the father-in-law of Beto O'Rourke, who later formed a banking company that has become First Sun Capital Bank Corps based in Denver. Now, there was another interesting article that I had found, and I couldn't read all of it because it was for paid subscribers only from El Paso Incorporated. And basically, the first what I could read said Borderplex Realty Trust, the company created by businessman William Sanders that owns some of El Paso's most valuable real estate, is selling all of its assets. And that was in 2019. Now, why would he be selling all of his land and all of his assets uh, on the border, um, and we had we had Beto O'Rourke also defying Trump and saying to stop building the wall, and it wasn't going to happen in El Paso because the citizens of El Paso would be much happier with the citizens of the world just being able to come in and out of El Paso. Basically, what he was saying it was ridiculous. Um, and so uh, I was kind of like thinking, well, what what is it with this? Maybe Semix is working with um, um, uh, these these realty companies, and maybe the reason why uh, Beto wants this. Open is because his family 
families working hand in hand with the cartel, and they're all about bringing in these human traffickers and all of this stuff. Like, this is crazy, guys. And, and that's not to mention that there was a lot more going on with Semex. So let me bring up this article real quick um, that had to do with Semex um, in Comal County, which is on the I-35 corridor, which is also a major route for human trafficking from Mexico. It goes from Mexico to Canada. The I-35 corridor, a highway interstate I-35, which I live right off of as well. I've lived up and down the I-35 corridor my whole life. Um, This is another major center. So in Comal County, let me pull this one up. I'm going to put this on the screen. In Comal County, where Semex is headed, there was some more controversy. The controversy that came here, and this this came from a um, um, an article online, the Neon Revolt is what it was called, but I found it, and they, this was from 2018. And in this article, they're talking about how Semex donated a lot of money to a sheriff in Comal County. And then the sheriff of Comal County, who was a brand new sheriff, immediately removed or fired 11 deputies who had been working on child sex trafficking cases for over 20 years. One of them being the number one investigator in Comal County for uh, child abuse and child sex trafficking. So we'll go through a little bit of this real quick and talk about some of these connections. Um, now, the tipster did say that they were not able to get the dollar amount that Semex donated to the sheriff. Um, uh, that they were, I guess, you know, lobbying for, um, because uh, if you're, if, I mean, if you're, if you live in Comal County, you can legally request these documents. I don't, and I only know one person who lives in Comal County, and he is a Bernie bro. I think I said that earlier, so I don't think I would have any luck. And plus, I just, yeah, no, I don't. That no. Anyway, we're not going to get into that. Okay, so this article says uh, they're talking about um, Semex, 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 Semex. Semex operates nationwide. They're international. Um, we all know that. You've seen the maps of their operations on the website. Now, here's. Uh, let me see if I can blow this up for you real quick. Uh, image of the website that shows some of Semex's um, operations. Look at that. Look at that. Look at Florida. They're all over Florida, y'all. They're all over, what is that, Mississippi? Mississippi, uh, Georgia, and, and they're here in Texas. Look at that. Arizona. Look at how much they have along the border, guys. Look in California. Oh, wait, down here. All of this. Now, cement terminals, that's what's in a, that's what's that triangle um, the squares are aggregate quarries, um, and then cement plants. So this is some of where they're working this, this thing. So again, it was on Semex property that they found this child trafficking bunker or camp. Okay. So that's what, that's where, and that was from the veterans on patrol who found that. Um, okay. So let me see if, it, let me go ahead and shrink this guys real quick. Um, so now it says here, uh, the giant facility is is the New Braunfels quarry run by Semex. New Braunfels lies somewhere between San Antonio and Austin, which means it fits it falls squarely within Comal County. Um, and Semex has historically brought bought up a lot of land in the area and constantly expanded operations there. Could you imagine if every la- where Semex operates, like all that 
vast, spacious miles and miles and miles of land, 20,000 miles in, uh, in, in El Paso owned by um, Beto's uh, father-in-law, you know, and there's no telling if Semex or other operations are running on that too. Um, but this is, that's terrible guys. Like that's a lot of space and a lot of wilderness that things like that can be going on. And we would never know like that uh, report I showed you about the rape tree. And like, those are rape trees where they had the, the straps that were, um, on the trees. And then, and then that little area where they had these, uh, kids that would keep them penned in there. Like only a child could fit in there. So that was their pen area. That was their holding pen basically. Um, so it says simultaneously, uh, the, the person who was tipped off said Semex donated to Mark Reynolds campaign for Comal County Sheriff. Um, there's a picture of Mark there and his wife Reynolds for County Sheriff Semex paid into his uh, campaign. Reynolds ends up winning the election, soundingly trouncing his competitors. And then it talks about how he went on to fire 11 deputies and um, one of them in particular was um, an expert, a pro on child trafficking, sex trafficking and human trafficking. Uh, so people were like, well, what's up with that? Like, why would you get rid of this guy? He was like the best at his job. And then, and, and all that, that sheriff, Sheriff Reynolds had to say was that they did not align with his vision for what would work best for, you know, the agency and also for the County. Like he just said, yeah, they, they won't work for it. You know, they won't work well with me. So that was, that was a stunning, um, admission there, I think. Uh, and then it says here, um, Sheriff's deputy bids Ward farewell. Now this is um, Captain Tommy Ward. Uh, this article is from the Herald Zeitung. This is from New Braunfels because New Braunfels is a uh, German, a German historically speaking. Captain Tommy Ward has known ever since he can remember that he wanted to be a police officer. Um, Ward's career here stretches back more than two decades and overlaps the recent twenty-year five-term administration of now retired Sheriff Bob Holder. Um, and this past weekend, Ward, the county's top criminal investigator, retired alongside his longtime boss and mentor, Chief Deputy Brent Paulus, Captain Jeff Paulus, and Sergeant Max Womack, among several others. So uh, this uh, that's this is the guy here that was fired, Ward. He was doing the turkey trot. You guys, I know, don't know what the turkey trot is, but it's something that happens in Central Texas. Okay, so calm down. Anyways, so he was running the turkey trot for children, uh, this Ward guy. Um, this here is one of his victims, uh, not one of his, one of the victims that he helped to free. That's uh, a, a, an example of some of the work that he's done. They found this 16-year-old Mex- girl in Mexico with a 29-year-old man who she'd worked with in Bolverde, which is Bolverde. Bolverde, they say, is a satanic pit in, um, in, um, in, in Texas. So if you've ever heard of Bolverde, they say that there's a lot of Satanists up in Bolverde. And I had friends that were afraid to go up there because that's kind of close to where I live. And, um, let's see here. So then it went on to talk about how this cop who was removed from the force, he ran the Comel Cops for Kids Foundation, a legit organization. He also served on the board of the, uh, he was also sort of director as Children's Advocacy Center for Comel County. So this guy was a good guy. And the guy that Semex, um, lobbied for a sheriff fired him. I wonder what he, what trails he was on to, right? It kind of makes you wonder what this guy was looking into and why all of a sudden the sheriff decided to go ahead and have him removed. The new sheriff in town had him removed and Semex was behind a lot of that funding. So um, here's another strange tie about this guy, Sheriff Reynolds, that Semex vouched for. He was the sheriff during the uh, church shooting that killed 26 people in Texas. 
and and he was a sheriff uh, and he did not pursue charges against that shooter in a sex case that had happened before that. So that's even weirder, as it says here. Um, now, of course, maybe this is all just wild speculation. It says maybe this is all just a legitimate election, complete with legitimate donations, etc. Um, but isn't it weird that Sheriff Reynolds, who Semex lobbied for, um, did not charge this man with sex crimes? Um, it's insane. Like, this is another, this again could be speculation, but come on, guys, really? So I think that Semex, maybe this country, company is something that people should look into more um, as far as that is concerned. Um Check this out, guys. This was also in the article. Now, Semex tied to the Clinton Foundations, tied to sex, uh, child trafficking, tied to Satanism. Because let's not forget about uh, some of the things that people have seen in regards or heard about, especially when it comes to Hillary Clinton. Um, this, uh, let's see here. This is a patent. <laughs> um, this is a patent uh, document. Um, let's see what it says here. It's a way of because I, I want to read this to you right. Semix is in uh, the, is they're they're headquartered on the thirty five corridor, by the way. So um, this patent, United States patent, uh, so I can I can explain it to you better if I. Okay, so there was a patent discovered for using blood as a binding binding agent in cement. Um, the patent says the present invention relates to the use of blood in the construction and building industry, whereby blood and extracts of blood containing hemoglobin are used as air and training colloids. The recommended process for a preparing for preparing a lightened material consists in associating a construction element chosen from the cements, mortars, and concretes with at least one air and training colloid chosen from the whole blood globules, red blood corpuscles, and hemoglobin. The invention also relates to the lightened material obtained according to the process. So this is now we're kind of drawing all of that. Uh, connecting all these dots. So if if there's a patent that requires blood and Semex were involved, this is what I think. Think about the new Nike shoes that just came out that have a drop of blood in their soul. Think about that. Now, Satanists also have what? Human shoot. Well, I say Satanists, but the industry is out there for uh, human-related products, whether that's through blood or that's through like skin bag. They have they have shoes that are made out of human skin, leather that's made out of human bags. And these are things that you can see online. They have uh, restaurants that serve up human. These are like in California. This stuff is real, guys. Like it's real. So in 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 a perfect satanic world where everything can represent a blood sacrifice wouldn't it be kind of cool if you could have buildings that had blood in their foundation and concrete like the buildings literally have blood in them you know like the concrete has blood in it and there's a patent for it also and semex is a big company that does that um god guys so let's get off of semex like i'm just interjecting this in here maybe 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 there's some things that we can look into or or investigate or explore even more but let's finish up because now you know i was talking to you about how uh beto's uh, father-in-law owned twenty thousand acres and then that one well that land where you saw the the children drop 
that being dropped from the tower was on Santa Teresa. Santa Teresa was also part of the land that Bill Saunders owned. And it was in El Paso and New Mexico. He owned that. He owned the land. Santa Teresa, where that that, hap- that drop happened. Um, and then also where it's along the border where we're seeing all of this. So all of this is being tied together. We have Arizona with the, the camps and Semex and the border. And then it just makes you, sh- it makes you wonder why the border's being left wide open. Why in El Paso proper, there was a lot of it that they were trying to get people in through and there was no construction happening. Why Beto was fighting it. Because there was also a story that... Um, um, his mother, Beto's mother, was um, was fined uh, like $250,000 for laundering money and there's a connection to cartel in there. Like it was like something like $600,000 or more that she had laundered and they finally they, they got her for it. Um, and they say that a lot of that had to do with money going to the cartels who are also involved in these operations of human trafficking, human smuggling. You've seen the reports here all throughout this show today about the smugglers. You saw them in the face. You saw they look like you saw the kids coming in on the rafts. You've seen it, guys. We've shown it to you. Now, let's try and draw all this together. Now, I'm going to close today's art, today's um, today's show out with this article and, and these ideas because we're seeing all of this happen by design, if you ask me, where we have the border open thousands of kids coming in you have these cases where there could be human uh, and child trafficking and sex trafficking and stuff and like i said we didn't talk about the drugs we didn't talk about the weapons we didn't talk about any of those dangerous the expenses we're talking about this uh, humanitarian crisis um and and these crimes against humanity that are happening yes pedo sheriff thanks to come thanks for coming back micah glad to have you with us again but yes um um God, but so let's, 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 let's get this stretch of mind a little bit closer to home now, guys, not closer to home, closer to what we're fighting for. We're seeing officials as, 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 um, as shown in that example that I just shared with you guys about the sheriff being involved in that. And now there's going to be more investigations to that. I mean, I'm very close to Comal County. I'm glad you never left Micah. Um, I'm very close to Comal County. I only know one person that lives there, but I don't know. Let me see what I can do. Let me see what I can do. Um, and, uh, so let's talk about the government's ties to this y'all. And then we'll, we'll wrap the government's ties to this. And, and, and I don't know, this might turn it. We're already at the top of the second hour. Hang in there. We're going to wrap this up as soon as possible. And then it's dinner time. Um, okay. So the, the government's ties to this, the government does indeed have ties to, um, uh, whether it's uh, child sex trafficking or, or, or pedophilia or, or child pornography. So let me get, let me close today's, um, today's episode on uh, an article about, um, uh, uh, that implicated child pornography and politicians and also official agencies. Now, let me pull this on screen. This article comes from torysays.com. It is dated April 8th, 2019. It says, Obama shut down child porn investigation, implicating many politicians and three-letter agency officials. Um, so let's just get right into it. It says, this is a this is a quote from President Donald Trump. I will not stand by and allow thousands of innocent children to be trafficked and abused in the most horrible ways, not on my watch. 
President Trump is making good on that statement, and here is how he's doing it. In May of 2006, ICE had identified over 5,000 individuals subscribed to child pornography sites. 5,000 individuals subscribed to child pornography sites and coined their investigation Operation Flickr. Their investigation was short-lived. They were able to make a handful of arrests. And here's from um, a former Operation Flickr agent. We were told to keep the case under wraps by the Bush administration, claiming that the next administration would deal with it in their own way. I spoke with McCain, and he explained to me that ICE would not be able to handle an investigation um, and, uh, and would hand it over to others. It's as if, though, they wanted to bury it. In the end, Obama did just that. Um, Operation Flickr, uh, the article continues, Operation Flickr uncovered more than 250, 250 civilian and military employees of the Defense Department that included individuals with some of the highest security clearances possible. They used credit cards or PayPal to purchase child pornography. The Department of Defense, though, specifically the Pentagon, only investigated a handful of them. Behavior of Department of Defense employees compromised national security because the... Okay, let me reread that. Behavior of Department of Defense employees compromises national security because the perpetrators that work for our government are at risk for bribery, extortion, and threats. In case you guys are thinking about the Matt Gatz connection, you will be extorted if they have dirt on you, right? This is how they do it. It's That's why Epstein was mostly a honeypot thing that was being used to gather uh, dirt and intel that they could use against political opponents. Um, it says here, it's an enemy of our country, ultimate, le- it's an enemy of our country, it's ultimate leverage to have a compromised individual with their clearance at their disposal. Um, here from a former DCIS employee, it says, they killed the investigation, but many of us waiting for the new administration to come in and revive it in an effort to ensure that we were not compromised in our operations by way of our employees being extorted or coerced. When we did speak up, Let's just say the Pentagon's Defense Criminal Investigative Service budget was minimized and people were fired. So under Obama, they minimized the budget and they fired people. Sounds pretty much like a cover-up to me. The names included staffers for the Secretary of Defense, contractors for the ultra-secretive National Security Agency, and a program manager at the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. According to a report by the Huffington Post, which has since been taken down but referenced here, a dead link to the Department of Defense noted how the DCIS opened investigation into only 20% of the individuals identified and succeeded in prosecuting just a handful. Most of the mainstream media legacy outlets have since scrubbed all information about this investigation, almost making it look like it never happened. According for a according to a surviving report from 2010 on Yahoo News, we see that some people were charged. Gary Douglas Grant, a captain in the American Reserves and a judge at a judge advocate general or military prosecutor, After investigators executing a search warrant found child pornography on his computer, 
He pleaded guilty last year to state charges of possession of obscene matter of a minor and a sexual act in California. Others included contractors for the NSA with top secret clearances. One of them, a former contractor, fled the country after being indicted and is believed to be in Libya. On January 6, 2011, Anderson Cooper reported on the Pentagon child porn scandal before it was buried forever, only to be revived almost a decade later. Um, Yahoo News had reported that in one case involving an Army Reserve corporal in the Pittsburgh area, a DCIS agent expressed exasperation after repeatedly trying to get ICE to collaborate with him on the investigation. Based on the complete non-responsiveness of ICE, it is recommended that the matter be closed. Senator Grassley has been constantly, pardon me, has been constantly on top of this, but his request during the Obama administration fell on deaf ears because it was the Obama administration that economically asphyxiated this specific division of ICE in 2009, and they could not continue prosecution that, uh, prosecution, pers- prosecutions that were started. Curiously, the Obama administration had exponentially increased ICE budgets, but were start, uh, but deport, deportation had gone down. Then Senator Sessions pointed out that the deportations have declined by 43% in the last three years, while the Immigration and Customs Enforcement budget for the detention and removal of aliens had grown by 25% back in 2016. If we were not deporting or securing our border, where was the money going? As per the video above, Senator Grassley stated that indeed there were no answers to why the 1,700, 1700 suspects uh, of purchasing child pornography were never investigated and that unknown numbers are still committing criminal acts. Okay, let me pause here real quick because I have to do some on-air maintenance. In the second hour, welcome back to C-Report. We'll be wrapping shortly, but thank you for staying and hanging in there with us. Again, if you guys are around tonight, we, we, we will be having um, um, another program. Uh, we'll be having a special report with Magadon tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure you come back to Twitch. It's going to be a very, from what I understand, this is going to be a very good report. It's going to be a very good report. And you guys need to be here for that special. He's been working on it all week. So make sure you tune back in at 9 p.m. Eastern here on Twitch. Now back to this article. Again, we're talking about the uh, State Department, or sorry, the Department of Defense having uh, been busted for having child pornography over 250 people um, uh, reported on and then uh, the administration of Barack Obama doing nothing. It says here from a former ICE employee, we had come up with over 5,000 names in 2009 in all levels of government, even members of Congress and the Senate. We were told to stand down and pending convictions working with other agencies were simply closed and we couldn't do a thing about it. So this was being covered up, guys. Obama, why were 1,700 suspects never investigated or identified? All right. Obama, why were 1,700 suspects never investigated or identified? And why did Operation Flickr end only months after it started? The Trump administration has made multiple arrests across the nation, usually the low-level child pornographer and child trafficking persons that provide new and more solid evidence of nefarious actors, specifically those on the list of Operation Flickr. 
He has received Operation Flicker. He has revived Operation Flicker and the recent indictment of Bradley Robert Siegert on September 13, 2018 is a prime example. Now, here's from the arrest of Robert Siegert. He was arrested 5-4-2018, but indicted by grand jury of Edie, Virginia. Sorry. Um, As the announcement states, he was being investigated by the Eastern District of Virginia. Thank you. That is very telling considering this man lived in Evansville, Indiana. Anyone who is anyone in politics, intelligence, FBI, or high level with clearance contractor, if ever they are under investigation, it's under the Eastern District of Virginia that does it. How is a loser from Evansville of interest to the Eastern District of Virginia? Now, it says here, Indiana man indicted for conspiracy to receive and distribute child pornography. As you can see, the project was from something called Project Safe Childhood from May of 2006. But in actual fact, as it was previously reported by the Boston Globe, is um, what Project Flickr that was started in May of 2006 by ICE. Is this why the Obama administration strangulated their budget and all Democrats are calling to abolish ICE? To further reinforce that notion, on April 5th, 2019, a former Pentagon Department of Defense Physical Security specialist by the name of Edward Thomas Parsons was sentenced to prison for child pornography. Again, the announcement by the Justice Department, we observe the same closing. All right. uh, And there's more articles here. Another one about a Defense Department employee being sentenced to prison for being a recipient of child pornography. Um... NASA secret child pornography ring. Oh, goodness. Do y'all want to take a look at it, guys? <laughs> Let's see what this says. Well, proof positive, if anyone needed that child... Oh, lordy. Man, I don't know. We're already running over time now for sure, but let's let's go ahead and get through this. Dang, okay. Wow, it's like it doesn't want to play it. Come on, baby. This video was actually unexpected. I mean, it was expected, but I wasn't expecting I was going to play it, so... Man, I want to see this video so bad now. All right, I'm going to start shutting down Windows... Shutting down windows. Pornography rings are not limited to members of the Houses of House of Commons. Hey, at least the video, like, I can touch the screen now and it works. Maybe. Okay, I am going to close more windows. <laughs> we already talked about CMEX. We already showed you the land that CMEX owned. Okay. That's good. All right, let's shrink this one. And let's see if it goes. Tori, make your website work. <laughs> no, it's my, it's my it's my computer. It's my computer. 
let's do this. Um, or the House of Lords in the United Kingdom. Would you shush? Six because you know what? I'm not going to try it on yours. <clears throat> We're going to try it here and see if it works. If it doesn't, we won't play it. It wasn't in. I know, right? It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't in the. Uh, well, proof positive. If plan. anyone needed that. It wasn't in the plan, so if it doesn't work, it's okay. Oh, I think the gods of America have said, Michael, you've done two hours, you need to go make dinner. <laughs> Child pornography rings are not limited to... Okay, we're going to next it. All right, guys. So if you want to see this video, uh, NASA's secret child pornography ring, you can check it out at ToriSays.com and see that article I was reading. Or you can go look at it on YouTube. I'm probably going to go take a look at that because like, I didn't watch it earlier when I was looking at the information. So, yeah, it goes through here. Um, and, and that was just another example of where you're seeing it. Uh, in the government, you know, um, I do have this other article here that was about that one uh, about the Pentagon. Um, that was from Sleuth Journal. Uh, Real news without any synthetics. Uh, why was Pentagon child pornography investigation halted? Um, let's see. Child pornography being linked to the American government has all the hallmarks of being one of the major scandals of the decade. When the Pentagon child pornography story surfaced in 2010, it was naturally one of those media experts reported that created a whirlwind of interest and astonishment. Yet, almost as quickly as the scandal emerged, it disappeared, leaving the nation dumbfounded and none the wiser of its outcome. At the time the story came out, both the U.S. and the international media was littered with reports of major federal investigation being being carried out. Um, while the shocking case was only leaked to the media in 2010, the Pentagon released investigative reports that spanned almost a decade, implicating employees of government agencies who handled some of the U.S.'s most top secret issues. Just an example, in 2006, there was an investigative report into the Pentagon child pornography that stated defense workers who purchased child porn put the, put the Depart Department of Defense, the military, the national security at risk, of course, because they're being compromised. Um, and then let's see here if there was any more. Uh, the investigation fell short. Um, despite the operation possibly tying as many as 5,000 individuals to child pornography sites and at least 264 of those people being linked directly to the Department of Defense, 1,700 alleged child porn customers still went unchecked and at least nine cases were closed because the investigators lacked current relevant evidence. This begs the question, why were 17,000 suspects never investigated or identified? So again, that's the question, America. Now, the Department of Defense, that's the one that I'm mostly concerned about. And that's where we're going to start to bring our episode to a close tonight, America, because the swamp has, you know, nearly been drained. The swamp has, it's lower than it has been in a while, like ever, probably. But um, here's the thing, you know, uh, the military part of the swamp is what's left. We need to drain the swamp in the military, and it is time that we started shining more eyes on that. Now, this Department of Defense scandal that was buried in 2010 by the Obama administration, and there was also one that was buried by Hillary Clinton. If that's not the same one, there was one that the Clintons had also helped to bury. 
And um, the reason why this is, it's, it's, it, we're talking about this now is because we can see with these facilities that were being brought up, uh, that are being reopened, that there was even one that was connected to General Hayden um, over in Florida. And we talked about this on Q&A Holes Networks before. Um, his um, company that he set on the head of, Caliban International, was a military contractor. A con- was a military contractor that oversaw the operations for the Homestead Temporary Children uh, Temporary Shelter for Unaccompanied Children. A military contract for Homestead Temporary Shelter for Unaccompanied Children. Now, when we were looking into that, what we did see that there were some cases of sexual abuse that occurred at this shelter in Florida, but there was no outright huge scandals involving possible child sex trafficking rings. We do know that when that shelter was opened, they'd have uh, had trouble of overcrowding, and that when investigators went to go visit the facility, they had been able to move thousands of children overnight, whereas in the process of a few months, they couldn't even move that many children in in and out of that shelter. The shelter was then closed down, and during the Trump administration, uh, President Trump did seek to give contracts to General Hayden's Caliban International to reopen that shelter, which kind of raised some ears for some people. I think that, that that was done with the intention of 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 spying on or watching the operations, a sting operation on a child sex trafficking operation to see where these kids were going and who they were being sent to and what they were being talked about uh, in that regards. But there we go is another connection and where we see General Hayden, a retired general of the United States military, working with the Atlantic Council, Caliburn International, other military councils, uh, contractors, the Shirtoff Group, um, and also... Um, Uh, also having worked as a CIA director and NSA director, um, this guy has a lot of stuff on him. So there's where another connection we're starting to see. So I'm going to close that. The the reason why I had brought this to your attention all is because this border crisis is bringing in thousands of kids. We have an undrained swamp in the military. We need to start shining some light on all of these people and all of their operations. And indeed, with uh, the links to the military and the national, um, I'm sorry, the Truman National Security Project and all of their uh, um, adjacent uh, organizations, as well as uh, the military industrial complex. There's a lot more out there, guys, that we're not digging into with this, but we are seeing this crisis on the border bringing bringing thousands of unaccompanied minors um, into into the country. We already have the likes of of what Mrs. Potato Head, it Potato Head, um, being uh, that was the transgender one uh, for the HHS secretary who is confirmed who thinks that it's okay if if, if, if unaccompanied minors get sex changes and have uh, um, um, gender altering drugs administers them with no parental consent. It doesn't matter because they're unaccompanied minors. We're already seeing all of this freakish craziness happen. I think it's okay to kind of put this into that big circle and take a step back and look at it and say, hey, there could be something here. We had all those reports on Semex being a multinational company working with the Clinton Foundation in Haiti and abroad. So there's no telling what were in those containers on the, in the Suez Canal. Maybe, maybe that was a setup for us to go in there and free all these children and find them, but we'll never know because no one got on board those crates to find out what was in them. But maybe that, that thing was stuck there for a reason. 
Maybe we were supposed to board it and find all these things like they found in Arizona in the wilderness on Semex property near the border. Um, all of this, guys, all of this. And yes, yes, Mr. Micah, we will have hope. We will have hope. The light of truth, the light of justice, the light of God is shining down on the world right now and illuminating all of it, every dark corner. And we will see an end to this. We will see an end to human and, and child sex trafficking. We will see an end to this, this most disgusting, disgusting um, action against your own brothers and sisters and humanity come to an end. And, and, and this border crisis was just a quick examination of the consequences and the dangers of having an open border in this country and around the world. It is an example of the consequences and the dangers that these humans face as they make this trek into this country. And it is an example of the consequences and the dangers that our society faces as this border crisis continues. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed the Sea Report for tonight. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you come back at 9 p.m. for a special report with Magadon. It's going to be a good one. We promise you. So make sure you come back and join us. We'll, we're here every week on the Sea Report. Um, but you guys have a great night and we will see you next time. Now I'm going to close you guys with this thought from Texas Representative Senator Ted Cruz. The border wall extends for miles. Come on, Cruz. And miles. Running 30 feet high. It is a barrier that is helping secure our entry. Trump administration made major steps building the border wall. What did Joe Biden do? He said stop. And you can see right now the miles and miles of border wall ends right here. As you step back. This is wide open. That's what Joe Biden is doing. Want to know why we're seeing this crazy border surge? Because Joe Biden told the world, come on in, catch and release. It's back in business. This is madness. It's got to stop. The border wall extends for miles and miles, running 30 feet high. Thank you.